0: Makes podcast. My name is Justin and as always I have my co-host with me Mark. Hey guys how's it going? And today is October 29th 2017 and we are on episode 10 of our podcast so we finally hit double digits and today we'll be talking about some uh, new TV shows most notably Stranger Things season two that came out this weekend and so we've both rewatched watched uh, season one and then binged watch season two so we're up to date on all things stranger things and then also there's been some new reports some recent reports on a new terminator movie that's been announced and in development and so we'll be revisiting the previous terminator movies from the original terminator all the way up to the the latest genesis terminator movie so we want to thank you for joining us once again and listening to us talk about these nerdy things and we appreciate your your attention and hopefully um You'll be able to interact with us online, and we'll be able to discuss even more things. So thanks again. Um, I do want to start off by uh, talking about a movie that came out a couple weeks ago. I guess it's been the 1st of October. It came out, Blade Runner 2049. And we had talked about it earlier, that we were going to go see it. And, and so I just wanted to talk about that. And um, so it came out with much, with a lot of anticipation that it was going to be a good sequel to the original Blade Runner that came out in you know the 1980s starring Harrison Ford and Sean Young and Rutger Hauer and this time uh, Harrison Ford was back along with Ryan Gosling and they were gonna do a story that took place probably 30 years after the original and so I went and was able to see it and I thought it was a a great sequel to a movie that was you know 30 years released 30 years previously and i thought it segued really well into this new age of movie making and special effects and visual effects and everything so i thought it was a good complementary movie to the original
1: so as a movie i mean i haven't seen it yet um i saw the the original ages ago right Mm -hmm. uh do you need to see the original before you see this one? Or is it, do you think, is it pretty standalone? What you, I mean, for people, I know, I know there's people out there that are probably my age, a little younger that, that have never probably even heard of the original.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I believe you could watch it and not necessarily need to see the original, but you would benefit greatly from having seen the original. I mean, it is a sequel. It is, has, it does have themes that carry over, from the first one into this one so you would benefit and it would be a more enriching experience if you had seen the first one but if you were just some guy off the street wanted to see a movie and you walked in and like oh i like harrison ford i like ryan Gosling, i'll go see this one and you knew nothing about the backstory i mean you'd get it it would make sense to you but it probably wouldn't be as fun i guess if you hadn't seen the original okay because yeah the original came out early 80s right yeah I believe it came out in like 84, 85, I want to say. Yeah, so okay, it's been out quite a while. <laughs> yeah, so you've so. had your chance to see it whether you're an old guy or, you know, just a young teenager that's it's out there, so. Um it does have a cult following the original especially, and I did read an article online how the the biggest uh fan base or the biggest Group that went and saw this movie, the Blade Runner twenty forty nine, was the you know thirty five and older white male crowd who saw it when they were teenagers, and I'm definitely in that that group. And it, it was you know kind of you know I fit the stereotype that I had seen it when I was a teenager and really liked it, and then you know here it is the the sequel to it thirty years later, so I definitely wanted to see it. Okay,
1: so it's a uh, I know. Like a lot of the hype around it, and a lot of people have talked about it. It's, it's pretty much said it, it's been a flop. Yeah. I mean, it, so as a fan, I, what do you think? Was this was it a flop, or could they have made it better? I mean, what what made it not exciting? I mean, I know this year just in general seems to be really rough on on the movie industry overall. Seems like movies are just underperforming. But you know, was this really as bad as y- you know you read about?
0: Yeah, Um, I wouldn't say it was bad or a flop. It was uh, very similar to the original Blade Runner, and I think that's how it needed to be. Because if you had this movie and set in this, uh, it's set in you know the future Earth, so it's not like a different world, but it does have a certain feel to it. And so, if you were to have the original have a certain feel, and then thirty years later it's a totally different type of movie, I think there would be a disconnect there. So I think in relation to the overall story that they're trying to tell from the beginning movie to the end of this movie, it fit, it flowed, it was the story that needed to be there. And that being said, the story from the original through to this uh, the sequel, is, it's really s- methodical. I don't want to say slow necessarily because that has a bad connotation that it's a slow movie, but at the same time, the slow methodical pace builds attention. It builds anticipation for the ending. <clears throat> and I think it does that really well. And so if you're looking to go see a movie that's, you know, an action sequence every 20 minutes, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, there's a lot of good movies that are like that. And I've enjoyed some of them. So I'm not saying that to criticize other movies, but I'm saying that this doesn't have it necessarily. It's interesting. It, it, there's a mystery behind it. And you're wanting to find out what that mystery is and what the solution is. And so it does hook you that way. And there are some action sequences here and there, so it's not just, you know, no action. The the first, I want to say, 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes of the movie is, you know, there's, there's a fight scene between Ryan Gosling and another guy, and um, it's pretty intense and, and, and exciting. So there is some action to it, and the story behind it all is, is very interesting. So as far as it being a flop, I think I would attribute that, the pacing of the movie, and how slow and methodical it is to not relating well to today's audience. I would say that's the reason why it's a, a flop or being called a flop when it's not necessarily a flop. Okay. If that makes well,
1: sense. I, And I guess it really it depends what you consider a flop, right? right. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the box office numbers and this is just, you know, it doesn't really say if people like it, it just shows how it's actually done. I mean, it's, it's not done horrible. It's, you know, something like $230 million on a $150 million budget. But the mass, you know, the the biggest, I don't know, what do you say, entrepreneurs or whatever word you use, not entrepreneurs. But, you know, the biggest uh, fans seem to be overseas. It, right. You know, over 60% of the uh, total gross comes from overseas. So, I mean… I mean, it can't be horrible, but, uh, you know, I it's...
0: Think, not- yeah, there's, it's... The American moviegoer, I think, is a different animal than the rest of the world. I don't know why that is, but it seems to be the case where you can see, like you were mentioning, how films will do so-so or even poor here domestically, and then they go overseas and they blow up. So, you know, there's, you know, they make billions of dollars, Well, I guess millions of dollars over, you know, in China or somewhere else in Europe you know so there is there are almost two different sets of audiences that people have to make movies for nowadays mm-hmm. well and you wonder too I mean I, I
1: know you want to make a great movie for for both audiences but I mean left and right you're seeing you know these you know inter, the international numbers destroy domestic numbers yeah so are you really trying to to make for domestic as much as I think it used to be does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah I think they do consider what sells internationally when they're making the movie, and I think that's when the studios get involved and you hear about you know studios rewriting the movie or making hiring new directors to come on and redo the movie, I think that's there's some um, influence there from the international market
1: yeah. Hmm. It's kind of interesting. I mean, you've seen this with quite a few movies this year, too. Uh, I mean, I think probably one of the bigger, most notables is the, the new Pirates of the Caribbean. It just did not do well in the United States, but it did amazing overseas. And you see it in um, – uh, what is that dumb show? Give me a second. <laughs> I'm thinking of it. Um, the Great Wall. Is yeah. it, uh, you know, the China, the Chinese Chinese wall, you know, the Great Wall of China? Yeah. That did horrible in the United States, but it did amazing in China, yeah. right? It just went off the wall in China. So, you know, but then you hear about it. It's a flop. It's a flop. It's a flop. Yeah. And uh, but is it really, you know, like I, I, I've always wondered, you know, what? is really the total number what makes a flop because you see all these Oscars and Emmys go to movies you've never heard of and do horrible. But, yeah, you know, so, it, you know, it makes me wonder what the definition of a flop is when I look at this. And I mean, I want to see the show. I'm, I'm going to see the show. And I know there's a lot of people that have seen it, the uh, you know, the new Blade Runner, but it, it's just kind of, uh, I feel like, you know, these headlines you read, if it's a flop and it didn't do good, it's struggling, It just seems it's really an incomplete picture of of what the movie could be, you know, or what it is.
0: Yeah. I think uh, this is one of those movies that the critics liked, but the general public didn't like. And um, I think the biggest, when you hear something, you know, it's a flop, it's a bust, it's terrible. A lot of that noise comes from the fan sites, right? The nerdist, the comic book, you know. Websites that they, they're not necessarily news organization. They're not critics. They're just fans writing their blogs, which I don't discount because that's kind of what we are. But at the same time, they, they tend to skew the perception of movies before they even come out or even in the first couple of weeks because they're so... Everybody follows them on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. And so they have a pretty loud voice and a big stage to say what their opinions are. And I think it's good to have a fan opinion. I think it's important to be able to, you know, have fans say, "Hey, this was awesome," or "Hey, this wasn't awesome," or whatever the case may be. But I think they're giving too much. They're given too much say or too much uh, of a, an, uh, a stand to be able to voice their opinion. Because not all fans ag- agree that way. I mean, some of my favorite movies are movies that these fan sites hate and despise. Like, you know, the Star Wars prequels are some of my favorite movies, but yet what fansight is going to say, the prequels were awesome. So, you know, it's just, I think they have too loud of a voice. I and mean, that's the case in this, with this movie, Blade Runner 2049. Um, yeah.
1: Well, and too, you kind of see, I've noticed too, like you, you, you kind of see something like this going on with these older movies that are getting like revamped, redone, you know, renewed type thing where, where the generation that loved it is now older. Right. They they're not necessarily going to see this anymore, you know, and, uh, you know, they're not going to the movies, you know, like every weekend and, you know, kind of like, you know, what they're expecting. Yeah. So something like that, you know, you can see I, I mean, I can look at it and see, yeah, I can see how the fan base has aged out of the movie going. So that would suffer. Yeah. But, um, but you know, I don't know. It's just so weird because. You know, it seems like movie, you know, you see these movies and they have to stick with, with what they know works because they want to make, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars now. And that's what it's about. It's not about a great product. It's about how much money the product makes. Yep. And uh, I don't know. So, I mean, I don't really know how I was going with that. But it just seems that, uh, you know, that's why, you know, I, I can see why it could that look like it could struggle because – all the fans are, are aging themselves out, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely don't see as many movies as I did 10 years ago. I mean, if there was a movie that I was semi-interested in, yeah, I'll go see it. Nowadays, it's like, um, I got my my uh, my Justice League movie coming out, my DC comic movie coming out. I'm going to go see that, but I'm not necessarily going to go see um, an action movie that kind of looks cool. I mean, I, I've seen all the Fast and Furious movies, but I almost didn't go see this last one just because I'm not that interested anymore. In those type of movies. So I'm going to just stick to what I know and what I really like. And then if I'm semi-interested, I'll I'll buy it on iTunes and watch it in my house, you know? So I think f- the way movies are consumed definitely has an effect as well. Yeah.
1: But kind of veered off a little bit, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> Blade, Runner 2049, Blade Runner 2049, um, sounds like it's good. There's a lot of good, good things going for it.
0: Yeah. I I'm going to see
1: it. I would suggest seeing it. I mean, Justin, you saw it. You're a fan. I mean, yeah. what would you give it grade-wise? This is an A-plus movie. This was an F-minus. Never see it. What do you think?
0: Yeah. Um, as a sequel to Blade Runner, I would give it an A. As a standalone, hey, I've never seen anything like you know Blade Runner. I don't know what's going on. I would give it a B-plus, so probably an A-minus overall. I do want to talk a little bit there has been a couple articles that i found on it one of them is from wired.com by uh, who's the author on this one i can't find it here i'll find it but um the title is our audience is too lazy to appreciate blade runner 2049 and obviously that headline that title is uh meant to catch your attention and you know have a reaction so you read it but i think there's some truth to that And
1: let's see. um. Well, I think, too, that that and I've said this multiple times, you know, just in personal conversations and in other conversations that I think that that's 100 percent true. I think people, you know, are have become lazy to reading a story or to wanting to build a story. Right. They want the big action now. They want to see results now. They don't want, you know, these Long drawn out series. It seems like you know, and that's why you see number one do so well, number two do horrible, number three do well again, because number two is always your building, you know, your building experience. And people don't. It's almost like they're too lazy to to do that. They don't want to hear the story. They just want, I don't know,
0: cheap thrill almost. Yeah. And the author of this article, who I can't find their name, it's not obvious in the article, so I apologize for that. But um, the, uh, the author says that, you know, it's a two hour, in the, in the article she quotes someone saying, it's two hours and 45 minutes, um, so it's a longer movie, and a lot of today's, he, the author quotes uh, Matthew Kressel, um, a science fiction author, who says, a lot of today's Hollywood films don't have a lot of patience. They sort of expect the audience to get bored really quickly, so they're like, we've got to have an explosion every 10 minutes. And I think there's some truth to that. It um, goes on to say the, the author says, The slow pace of Blade Runner 2049 is proving a challenge for many viewers, and so far the movie hasn't attracted an audience that extends much beyond fans of or the original. Um, so, and then also that they think the movie will pick up steam over time due to its many ambi- ambiguities which compel discussion. So it seems like, and I in watching the movie myself, it, you know there is a, a a depth to it it isn't a movie that has explosions every 20 minutes you know you have to pay attention to what you're watching and that's why seeing the previous movie the original blade runner is is beneficial cuz then you get what's going on you get those complexities and the you know the things that the things that these characters are dealing with it it, come, it becomes more um you know it comes to the f- the forefront more and it's easier to understand what's going on so um, I don't know if I would use the word lazy. Our audience is too lazy. I think that's a little harsh. But I think they need to be patient. And, you know, why are they going to the movies? If if they're going to the movies to be entertained, yeah, I mean, I think we all want to do that. But that's, you know, that's a Transformers movie. That's a Fast and Furious movie. But if you want to go to a movie and be challenged on what you're thinking. Because the main theme of this movie is what does it mean to be human? And can an artificial intelligence... Be, you know, are they just a robot or can they learn human emotions? Can they learn how to be human? And if they learn how to be human, are they human? Do we need to give them the same consideration as, you know, what we give our fellow human beings to, to as in regards to their feelings and their thoughts, or are they still second rate citizens or second rate beings? And so it's a very deep um, line of thought. And that's one thing that you can always tell with a good science fiction movie is if you're just entertained. Or if you're you're walking out thinking, hmm, I wonder about that. That's what science fiction has always been, from comics to books to movies. And so this is a good science fiction movie.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, it kind of sounds like a little. Do you remember the movie Artificial Intelligence? Yeah. Years ago, right? Kind of sounds a little like that, right? With that yeah. boy, kind of like, you know, he wants to be human. He's got the mom, you know, and but he's, you know. um, but it's that same kind of concept you know like what does it mean for this this kid to be a human and and whatever and it kind of sounds like it brings up like how you said like you know it brings up questions of, of of that kind of um the science fiction you know and I always always think about Gattaca when yeah. Gattaca came out years ago and people were like oh that's silly but I mean they've passed laws against that today right so it's Yep. You know, at some point, I think it's, it's good for us to go, hmm, you know, I wonder. And so it's, uh, you know, and I guess I can agree with you, you know, maybe lazy is too too harsh of a word. Because in the end, they're just going for inter- entertainment, two hours of entertainment, yeah, right? some level, yeah. And so, but like you said, I, I, I agree. People need to be patient. They need to go to a movie and realize that, you know, these movies are basically a storybook for you. And in a storybook, you don't read the ending first. There's a lot of middle, and I think it's okay to have a middle too.
0: Yeah, and I like that you bring up AI and Gattaca, because those same type of movie, um, and they don't, I don't think they, I don't think they did very well in the box office either. But it's the similar concepts, and so I think if you like those kind of movies, uh, that's how Blade Runner 2049 is, same type of. <laughs> And if you haven't
1: seen them, go watch them. They, I mean, the same thing, cult classics. I mean, that's what they come out to. I mean, they don't do well, but they get a cult following. Great movie, great ideas. I mean, you look at some of these old movies like that, and it's, you know, it's amazing to see how it turns into like semi-reality, right? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, I mean, I took a class, a computer class, and we had to compare to uh, the old Star Treks, from what they made in the sixties and seventies, to what you know what they showed for today, and they had a lot of ideas that we use today. Yeah, and uh, so it's pretty interesting, you know, when you get into that science fiction, the, the more realistic type, uh, that it's not so fantasy, you know, it's not so far out of reach. It's actually ideas that that come, and and maybe that's why it does do a little bad because you know people don't want to you know, on some level they don't, they like their movies to be far removed.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, I mean, that's good science fiction. They have all the cool tech. They got some cool physics going on and all that stuff. But, at the the core of the story is usually you know what it means to be human or how humans react to this situation or that situation you know that's the core of the story but there's all this this cool technology around surrounding all of that so definitely that's good science fiction um, yeah I would give it an A minus uh, worth seeing uh, there is it is rated R there is some there is nudity but it's the it's the the androids or the you know, the robots, whatever they're the, I forget what they call them. But uh, it's those guys, they like, there's a scene where uh, they've created a new one, a new model. And it's basically the models like birth out of this sack and all covered in, in goo and liquid. And she stands, it's a female and she stands up and so she's naked. So, you know, it's, it's, it's nudity but it's kind of robot nudity. So I don't know what category that falls into, but so just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> not nudity. It's not. T- tell your bishop that yeah. <laughs> it so, was a robot though. Yeah. So, you know, take it for what it is. It wasn't for me, it wasn't sexualized. It was, Oh, there's a a robot there, but some people would view that differently. Um, yeah. So, uh, good movie. I liked it. I'd, I'd see it again. Definitely. So, uh, I think I thought the performances by Ryan Gosling, um, Jared Leto. His his character was really intriguing and different, and so he did a great job with that. Uh, Harrison Ford was great as always, and you know so the performances, the directing, all that was spot on. Definitely helped enhance the movie. All right, so moving on. There's been a, a couple trailers that have come out in the past couple weeks, most notably the Black Panther trailer from Marvel. Uh, that movie's due to be released early next year. And did you get a chance to watch that trailer, Mark?
1: Yeah, I watched it. Uh, it looked interesting, yeah. right? I mean, it's kind of like, you know, he's a hero and then his, uh, looks like someone's like a, invading or attacking him. Right. If yeah. I remember right. So, uh, yeah, it looks good. I, I'm excited. I, I like to watch shows about when I, when I don't know the outcome. Yeah. You know, or I don't know the storyline. Yeah. And so uh, I'm excited for it. It looks good. And I, I thought that uh, um, Black Panther was uh, a, a great addition to the the whole Marvel universe and um, it brings a new aspect to you know getting out of the norm, right? Kind of moving past the main characters now we're going to move to some of the the other characters that aren't so well known uh, at least by most people right so i uh I, i'm excited i it, you get worried that i mean I, and i'm still a little worried but you get a worried that you know it's just the same stuff over and over again but i think black panther is such a different type of character right um he's he's not like this rich billionaire which you see in you know multiple universes he, you know, he's not some lone hero, which you see in multiple universes. You know, he's, you know, a king of his own world, trying to do what's best for his people, and he's got a, you know, a lot of things. It's just, I, I think it's a little, little different, and I like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, so he's, he's got his own kingdom, like you said, he's a king, and we kind of see that at the end of the Civil War when Steve Rogers teams up with him, and they're back at his, his, uh, city or castle or whatever it is that he's we don't really get to see too much of it but in this trailer we get to see that he's you know in africa he's got his own people and they're kind of hidden behind a a a shield that projects you know jungle but yet once you get past the shield there's this vibrant city with lots of advanced technology and some cool ships so i guess we'll we'll learn more about that and how that happened in the movie And then for the looks like for the villains, you got uh, Michael B. Jordan. I don't know what his character name is, but he sounds like he's uh, he wants to take over the Black Panther's kingdom and he wants to get one of the suits that he has. And I think he in the movie, we do see him wear one of the suits or in the trailer. I guess we get to see him wear one of the suits and um, the, the character from was it Civil War with the vibranium. The guy that had the vibranium that plays uh, Gollum and Snow Oh, Andy Serkis. Yeah, Andy Serkis. Yeah, he's in that. He's back, and he's helping Michael B. Jordan's character probably overthrow the Black Panther. So,
1: so does he play that same character? Kind of that uh, he was like a smuggler of goods, right? Yeah, and what he was. Yeah, he's got that same look. So I'm assuming it's he's still in that role. And Martin Freeman's back in it Martin as Freeman's, well, yeah. right? And uh, he's the agent. And um Forrest Whitaker's in it. Oh, really? I didn't see him, but okay. Yeah. Cool. He, he I know he's in it. Uh, I remember reading about it. I just, I don't know what, what his role is in it, but I, I'm a big fan of Forrest Whitaker since, <laughs> you know, fast times at Ridgemont High, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: He's had a great career. So it's good to see him in, you know, in Star Wars and now this, I think he's resurrecting his career. So that's great. I mean he won an Oscar so I guess he's not <laughs> resurrecting <laughs> anything but <laughs> he's able <It's> to <laughs> to broaden his audience perhaps I guess.
1: Yeah, just Something doing different like, stuff, right? Yeah. I mean stuff he's and hasn't normally right. done. Yeah,
0: so that's cool. Yeah, but it looks really good. Um I think we will see some some similar plot lines that we've seen in previous Marvel movies. Um but I, you kind of expect that if they they're able to pull it off in a slightly different way i can appreciate that i'll go with that
1: yeah, yeah. no i'm it'll be good it, I, i'm hoping they they change the recipe yeah.
0: a little bit yeah, you know what i mean degree, Like it's different recipe
1: yeah and so uh, th- that's the thing i mean because y- you know what it is right it's, it's a superhero movie and you can only write that so many ways but you know you you can change it up you know you don't have to be the same goofy, you know, with the same jokes, the same type of whatever's in it and with this kind of character you can change up, you know, and have a different recipe in it and I I think that's good and you know I I like that you're seeing a completely different cast all around, right? You're not seeing the same agents, you're not seeing, you know, um uh who is it? Uh not Morgan Freeman but uh you know, the guy with the patch over his eye, dang it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Samuel Jackson. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson, right? He's not in it. You know, you're just not getting the same cast, so let's, you know, let's change it up now. I think that'd be great for the the moving forward into the... Because we're moving to the third phase now, right, yeah. of, the, of the universe. So I think that's a good transition.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of same all same old, uh, Thor 3 comes out this week. And it does... <laughs> <laughs> Does look to be a little different, but at the same time, it's still Thor, right?
1: Um, still, still Thor. I mean, ever since, ever since that iconic punch, right, from when Hulk punched Thor, and they were sitting next to each other in the Avengers, and him and Thor have had like the same type of relationship over and over and over. Yeah, and so.
0: So we get another movie of that. So, uh, earlier reviews are coming in. Uh, they're pretty positive. I posted it on our website as well as our Facebook page that I think the reviews are 90 the Rotten Tomatoes has them at 98%, which is ludicrous if you ask me.
1: Well, it has to be, right? I mean, what <laughs> where do they get that? I mean, besides, you know, some big payment from Disney. I don't understand because yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, it's going to do good. We all know that. But that doesn't mean it's amazing. Right. It just means that it has an audience. You yeah. know, I mean, anything can garner an audience. I mean, we've seen it with horrible movies in the past. We'll see it in the future. But and not that this is horrible, but this isn't 98% good. Yeah. This is a uh, – it's a movie we've seen.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? I mean, <laughs> none of us could ever watch it, and we would have still seen it. <laughs> you know, I mean, but I'll go see it. I mean, I'm interested in it just because I, I, I like it and, um, you know, but – that, to get 98%, I mean, is, is insane. And I'm, I'm sure Justice League will have like 15%. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and like Guardians of the Galaxy 2 got, a, I think it was 100% before it was released. And that's, you know, that's, something's off. I don't care if it's my favorite movie ever. Uh, no movie, movie is going to get 100%, right? That's just, that just seems wrong to me. Yeah, yeah. Tomato meter, ninety five percent. Oh, it's down to ninety five percent
1: now. Yeah, ninety five percent, (laughs) and I don't understand.
0: Yeah, and I I was I was looking at something, or the the director of the movie. He was commenting on that earlier. Oh, reviews are coming in; it's looking good, except for that one reviewer who doesn't like my movies. And it was I read that review, and it it was. It was complimentary in some ways, but the same way is kind of like what we're saying where, oh, it's just the same thing. Lots of jokes, no consequence to the, you know, overall arcing story of Marvel Avengers and the universe. It's just, it's there. Go watch it and, you know, big whoop type thing. So, um, and the director called that that uh, critic out on Twitter, you know, saying that it's a personal thing. That's why he gave him a negative review. And I'm like, what, well, what kind of... Review, you want 100%, you want everyone to like your movies, and that's your goal. I mean, I guess that's a good goal, but that's not realistic. So, I don't know. There's this culture that if you disagree with something, then you're a hater or you're racist or, you know, whatever the case may be, and that does exist, but I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you can disagree with people, have a different point of view, and that's okay. Let's see, it says, oh, the review that they were, the director was calling this critic out for, he gave it a B, I think. No, it was this guy. He says, Peter Bruges from Variety.com says, Back in the day, audiences had to wait a few weeks for Mad Magazine to skewer the latest self-important Hollywood blockbuster. These days, Marvel sequels arrive as parodies of the earnest, self-respecting entries that launched each character. For example, Iron Man 2's undoing of all that Iron Man had established. If only that were an indication of the genre's own impending Ragnarok, which is the apocalypse, a sign that the entire phenomenon is about to implode, only to be reborn as something more worthy of the audience's time and intelligence. And then he gave it a a bad score. A splat instead of a, uh, like a rotten tomato instead of a healthy tomato. (laughs) But even there's a guy on EW.com, Krish Nashwadi. He gave the movie a B, but yet he still kind of skewered it. He says, there's a lot more to the bloated story, but honestly, none of it is very interesting. In fact, it's endless. You don't care what's happening or what's going to happen next. We're just led from place to place for a hash of foggy reasons that no one will ever remember 10 minutes after leaving the theater. But that's not really the point of this movie. Ragnarok is basically a joke delivery system. And on that score, it works. (laughs) So, and then he gave it a B. (laughs) Um, I don't, that seems kind of contradictory, but okay. It's good enough for a B, but it's not really worth it, is what he's saying.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it almost seems like people are scared, right, to give it a real grade. Like, it, it's politicized or something. And if you do that, if you, if you defy Disney's movies, then who knows what will happen, right? You're an outcast. No one reads your stuff anymore. Who knows what it is, right? Yeah. But, I mean... I mean, I look at these scores just for the Marvel universes, you know, for Ragnarok, 95 percent, Spider-Man, 92 percent, Marvel's Luke Cage, 96 percent, Doctor Strange, 90 percent, Civil War, 90 percent, Jessica Jones, 92 percent. You know, Uh, I mean, probably their worst ones were back in 2015 with Avengers, Avengers Age of Ultron, 75 percent. But everything else, 90s, 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 it's insane. I mean, you have to go back to 2012, 2013, you know, to really get some honest scores, it seems like. I mean, Incredible Hulk, 67%. And this is the one with Edward Norton, and he's my favorite Hulk. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Iron Man 2, 73%. You know, I mean, you have to go all the way back, seven, you know, six, seven years ago, it seems like, until you can find an honest review.
0: What does Ant Man have? Is that lower or?
1: Ant Man, I think they were like at
0: 82%. Okay. Because Ant Man's one of my more favorite ones.
1: That was surprisingly good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I remember we went and saw that and I'm like, that was pretty amazing. And I didn't expect that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it is interesting that they're, you know, consistently getting 90s. I mean, I think you want, I mean, that should be your goal to be good movies. But when. Every movie, which is a carbon copy of the one before it, is still getting 90s after three, four years. I mean, that's, I don't know, that's, that's not realistic in my opinion. No, no, not realistic in any way. Because not Just, everybody likes Marvel movies. I mean, I read stuff online and they're constantly getting criticized for this and that, but yet the reviews are 90%. So,
1: well, And then, and then you look at it, and except for Wonder Woman which had 92%. Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad, 26%. Batman vs Superman, 27%. Man of Steel, 55%. There is just no possible way it's that skewed. I mean, I, I don't get it. I don't get it.
0: Yeah. So anyway, Thor 3, come Ragnarok coming out this week. Uh, I'll I'll be there. I'll go see it. And I'm sure it'll be funny, but um kind of like what the the one reviewer was saying, there's no consequences. At the end of the day, you walk out, oh, that was funny. And then that's that's it. That's you know, that's kind of how it's been lately with, with Marvel movies. I enjoyed Doctor Strange. It's one of the more different ones of the, the recent years. But yet, I'm still, you know, I don't know what the consequences are for that movie in relation to the rest of the, the saga.
1: Well, I mean, it's, it's the whole idea, right? If it's not broke, don't fix it. Right. And, I mean, obviously, found a formula that works. And it, and it doesn't matter what they're going to show us. And uh, I mean, even critics have jumped on board now, right? It doesn't matter what they tell us; <laughs> it's going to be is what it is. And yeah. I don't know, but uh, I mean, we'll go see it. And, and we were we were planning to go see it at the Salt Lake Comic Con release. You know, we got the early tickets and everything, but unfortunately, we had to cancel. We apologize. We're sorry. We had some real life things coming up, but uh, we will make sure we get to other openings for sure
0: yeah so we'll we'll be there we'll see it and then we'll give our after we've seen it re- review so maybe we'll be like yeah this was the best movie ever in the history of the world and every you know does deserve a 98 percent or a 95 percent. who knows um but it is curious how certain uh reviewers are selected to to see this movie but yet to kind of prime the rest of the critics and you know get the the buzz out there you know it's I mean, that's just good business sense, I guess. But um, if you're handpicking the critics that you know will give you a good review, I think that's a little dishonest.
1: Well, it's funny you say that. <laughs> and I say this, this is a little off topic, too, and because uh, that's exactly what Salt Lake City Comic Con does, right? We were looking to become, you know, get media passes and go in, uh, you know, for our, uh, you know, for random angst and everything. And... They required, you know, all these different things, so many followers, etc. But one of the stipulations was you cannot be negative to Salt Lake City Comic Con. You can't have an episode or anything that's negative to to what Salt Lake City Comic Con does. And I thought the same thing. Like, how silly is that? Because, you know, obviously you don't want someone that's just going to tear you down. But I think you want someone that's going to be honest. Right.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what it is. At the end of the day. So it gets a a ninety five percent as long as every review is honest and that's the true opinion that they have. Okay, I can I can handle that. But how much of it is corporate, you know, pandering and kissing kissing butt, you know, how much is of, of it is that? We well, I guess we'll never know. So all right, uh, moving on to book releases. We've talked about this previously, but uh, Oathbringer, the third novel in. Uh, Brandon Sanderson's Stormlight Archive will be coming out in just a couple of weeks, and we will be there for the release party. Not the VIP. Not the We're VIP. We're not going to pay one
1: hundred and fifty. Was it hundred bucks, hundred and fifty bucks, whatever. One hundred
0: fifty. I might pay a hundred if I had it, but I'm not going to pay hundred fifty for one night. Right, and it.
1: Well, I don't even know what's co- Like, what he's doing a little reading.
0: Yeah. And
1: and generally, he's done that for everybody, I know. right? He's done it for everybody. Everyone can listen, but this time it's only if you pay. And it's been kind of surprising to me because I've never felt that Brandon Sanderson of all the authors and everything has has never made me feel like I have to, you know, like a pay to win fan.
0: Yeah, he he never seems like he's in it for the money.
1: Yeah, and for those that you don't know what pay to win is, look it up. It's a it's a gaming term <laughs> and it basically means you have to pay money to win the game. And uh, and I understand, you know, authors want I mean they should, they deserve to make to make money and things like that, but as a consumer, I mean, it feels, you know, if I feel like I have to pay every, you know, for everything and anything all the time, then, the, you know, that kind of drags down your fan base, I feel like. And so this has kind of made me kind of question a little bit, like, what's what's the motivation behind this? You know, if you were to come out and say, oh, we're going to donate all this money to some foundation. Oh, OK. But he hasn't said anything like that. So for me, I'm just like, is is he really turning into a pay to win author? Well, he so doesn't
0: I need to, is the thing. That's the surprising part. I mean, he's he's very successful and he's done these parties for, what, eight years or so? Yeah, since, since he finished Robert Jordan's books. Yeah, when he started writing that. And didn't have to pay to go to those parties. And he's doing the same thing with this one. I think you're guaranteed some swag if you pay the $150 as opposed to you'd go to the party and hopefully you'd win something. But the thing is you can buy the swag through the, the bookstore without having to pay the $150.
1: Well it makes me wonder too, where's this motivation coming from? Is this like a BYU thing? Like BYU's help like pushing them into that, like, hey, you know, we need to do this for whatever reason. Yeah. Or is this like, you know, maybe some other people, a third party, like, you know, was it the fifteenth shard sixteenth shard group or whatever they are? They have they been saying stuff, or is this is this Brandon Sanderson saying, hey, you know, I, I wanna make some more money? I don't know. I haven't heard. And it's just kind of uh, as a fan blowing me away a little, I'm like, look, there's no way I'm going to pay that much money for, uh, one night. Yeah. For one night to go hear him read like that. That it's insane. And it's not even like well, top thing is, stuff.
0: Yeah. The thing is, well, if we don't pay and we just go, we're still going to hear him read. It's just, we won't be on the front row. <laughs> oh
1: yeah. Yeah. That's
0: and I, true. And I think the VIP thing is you get the guaranteed entrance, you get the swag get like an hour or so just the vips and brandon talking and then then the rest of the group can come in later but um and you don't even get a copy of the book you still have to buy the book
1: (laughs) yeah so this is what it says oh team dragon steel whatever will make an appearance whoever they
0: are that's brandon's publishing group that's like his company basically okay uh
1: you get a light snack and beverage service which i'm sure is like a sprite and uh you know yeah some peanuts you get an exclusive release party t-shirt which you'll be able to buy on his website in a month
0: oh you can buy it now
1: (laughs) for a hundred bucks No,
0: they're
1: like 25 Uh, you get a dalinar cinch bag for those of you know dalinar is a character in the book and i've always i've always wanted a cinch bag like i've always wanted one i think when i first read the book i was like i want
0: a cinch bag like is that for real a freaking cinch bag well the first party the first stormlight archive i think it was the way of kings we all got one i think they were handing them out free
1: (laughs) yeah right it was just here you go here you go i mean you just spent a week outside
0: and yada yada thanks for coming yeah but you can buy those on the bookstore website right now
1: (laughs) you can get a bond you get a bond smith mug yeah, I don't know what that is. It was just a, a branded mug, I guess. Uh, you get a raffle for premium prizes. And last year, they did have those cool couple prizes, remember, where uh, like, it was like a signed poster or whatever, yeah. uh, cardboard poster or something of his yeah. thing. Like I they had a one. couple. Yeah, they had a couple cool things. But really, I could just take the – what it amounted to is I could have taken the book cover to some publishing company, have them print it on cardboard, and have them sign it.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, that's what it was.
0: Well, even then, it's you. It's the same raffle that we're all going to be in, isn't it? I mean,
1: it do, it doesn't say. Oh. No.
0: I mean, are they having just, their own VIP raffle, or is it everyone's raffle, or what is it?
1: It. So this is all it says. Um, release party. Here are the details. Further down, blah blah blah. So it has the VIP Utah Valley. holds on. Um, character photo ops, trivia, games, tables, some charity, art gallery, yada, yada. Yeah. It says raffle and prizes for everybody. So it's probably just a VIP specific one, but yeah, it doesn't even, like you said, does not include a book or a book number. Um,
0: well, it does say in looking at it in order to pay for the venue at the Utah Valley Convention Center in Provo. So it's not at BYU. At least this party isn't. It's at uh, a neighboring uh, university, Utah Valley. Um, in order to pay for the venue, we've worked with BYU, or that's confusing. Maybe it's not Utah Valley University. It's just a random convention center. Uh, so they've, in order to pay for it, they're offering the VIP backstage party that will be held prior to the presentation and Q and A at the book release. So. They're saying that the $150 goes to pay for the venue. The Utah Valley Convention Center in Provo. Yeah. So. Oh, but it's, then it says later backstage room at UVCC. Oh, that's. I always thought that was UVU. But yeah. UV Utah not. Valley Convention Center is is part of the UVU, isn't it? So it's not even at BYU. So they're working with BYU to have it at a different university?
1: Uh, Let me look. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find out where this is.
0: Oh, yeah, it's let's see it's, oh it's on it's on Center Street um, oh yep down it's in downtown yeah downtown Provo Center Street Freedom Boulevard okay alright so that makes a little more sense
1: I mean and it, and it does because those those do get packed
0: right yeah. I mean last the,
1: time we were there it was the, the bookstore was and, chaos so I, yeah,
0: I can understand that
1: and, yeah but I mean how many are they sold it says limited release but yeah. they're still on sale like you yeah. can still buy them. I just looked. There's still some to buy. Yeah. So, I mean, what are they? What are they really getting out of it?
0: And, well, and all the swag. I mean, there's a picture of it right here. You can buy it on the bookstore still. <laughs> so go for free, and then just buy the the couple items that you want for fifty bucks or seventy five dollars. Yeah. I don't know. I
1: don't know. I mean, I don't know what the idea is. It seems sounds like they're trying to find a good equilibrium, but
0: yeah.
1: Who knows? Who knows?
0: Yeah, it's hard to criticize Brandon. He's been great with the fans. So I think we kind of got to go with um, he's trying to do what's best for everybody. Because he's never, like you were saying, you were shocked. And it's because he's never been one to take advantage of the fans. He's always been super nice to us personally, even. So I I don't think, I think they're trying to figure out a way to make it a good experience for the thousands of people that are going to show up. Yeah, no. Or at least hundreds of people
1: the hundreds yeah
0: no, you know, I mean we'll see we'll see how it goes yeah, I mean we'll, I, we're not we'll doing there. the VIP
1: um, so but we'll see what happens
0: yeah we'll be there we'll give her an honest report on what we saw and observed and what we heard and if we felt that it was a money grab or if it was just hey this is the reality now there's hundreds of people that want to be here for this and this is the only way to accommodate them we'll you know we'll let you guys know. But yeah, Oathbringer, book three. I'm reading book two right now. Um, and it's it's good. Just as good the second time. So what's book two called? <laughs> so there's Way of Kings, Wait. which is the first book. And then... Uh, my memory's going.
1: Yeah, we're we're old people. Uh, Words of Radiance. Words of Radiance. Uh, real, real fans know that. So if when you start <laughs> reading that, just remember. Real fans know what the second book is called Justin he's uh he's not quite acclimated to his position as a fan yet
0: well the only title that was coming to my mind was Memory of Light and that was <laughs> that was yes. his book that he wrote in the Wheel Memory of Time series Memory of Light series. is the second book <laughs> so I was almost there Memory <laughs> of Light Words of Radiance it's kind of similar yeah I mean, they both have three people words. them. they have three words the middle word being of <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: it, it's going to be a good book, though. I mean, I know we've kind of bagged on a couple of things. It's going to be a good book. The, the series is great. I don't know how he's going to make this series 10 books, but I'm excited to read about how. Because the ending of the last book was freaking amazing. The middle of the last book was freaking amazing. The beginning of the last book was okay. But it was good. So just pick it up and read it. Yeah. Go to the party. Listen to our podcast. It's going to be awesome. It, that's all I can say about it.
0: Yeah, we'll try and do a live show for our five listeners out there. Yes. <laughs> but we'll try and do a live show or at least live interviews, and then we'll obviously post it on SoundCloud and iTunes. Um, yeah, so moving on, TV shows, to our TV shows segment. So the big news this week has been Stranger Things 2. That television show um, from Netflix, I guess it's a Netflix series officially instead of a TV show, Mm -hmm. but um, that's been the buzz for the past couple months now, Stranger Things 2 coming out in the end of October.
1: Well, it's been the buzz all weekend, right? Oh, yeah. It came out Friday. I mean, it came out Friday 1 a.m. here, It came out Thursday, 11 p.m. on the East Coast, right? It just depends where you were, but it's... Everywhere. Everyone's talking about it on Facebook. I mean, I have friends that have you know no inkling of wanting to be a nerd, and they are talking about this show. Uh, it's everywhere. So if you haven't heard about it, um, I don't know what to tell you. But, uh,
0: Come out watch. of hole. Come out yeah. of the
1: basement. Get out of your hole and then go back in and watch this movie. Yeah. But, uh, or watch this show. But it's amazing. I, all the anticipation, all the... Hype was spot on. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. I mean, I know we we don't like to spoil. We've kind of talked about we don't want to spoil. So I don't know if we want to talk about it now or we just, you know, let people be like, oh, okay, or do do we want to wait a
0: week? We want to spoil. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I think we'll probably do this every once in a while, but uh, you're being warned now. Stranger Things 2 spoilers will be coming out of our mouths in the next couple seconds. So... Uh, pause it. Go watch Stranger Things 2 Come back. Listen to the rest of us. Let us know if you agree. If we are good in our in our uh, review and a critics critique of of the sh- of the series, and let's have a discussion about it. Uh, we did watch uh, season one in preparation. We both watched it, and I think that helped out a lot because there were a couple of things when I was watching the first season that I, hmm, I wonder if they're going to address that in the next season, and they did you know, or they didn't, but it definitely prepared me, f- you know, I watched it a year ago when season one first came out and it was good to get back and watch it and get reminded of, you know, what went on exactly and where everybody was, you know, ending up at the end of the of season one. So it was good. Um, I think we'll just start with, you know, how, it's, how we, uh, started up with the characters again, where they were at and go from there. So we start off with uh, the boys back in, in Hawkins, Indiana, Hawkins, Indiana. And they, you know, Mike, Lucas, Dustin, and Will are, you know, back together again. It's been a year later and they're going to school. They're getting ready for Halloween. You know, they're, they're on, they're on their game. They're having a good time. Will is still suffering from the, the trauma that he had being kidnapped by a uh, they call it a demigordon gorgon from Dungeons and Dragons, and so he's still suffering from being stalked and kidnapped by that monster in an unknown dimension. They call the upside down, but he's you know he's coming back. He he's hanging out with his friends. His parents or his mother, I guess, is pretty overprotective. His brother is as well, with reason, and so he's you know dealing with that. Everyone at school knows that he was reported dead. They had a funeral for him, but then he showed up a couple of days later after that, alive and well, so everybody calls him Zombie Boy. So he's dealing with the teasing, with the trauma, uh, with his overprotective mother, and it's taken a toll on him, but he's he's dealing with it the best way he can. His friends are there for him. And that's something I appreciated, seeing that, you know, the, the core group is there, they're together, they're still friends, you know, they're, they're looking out for each other. Uh, the only one missing is Eleven the mysterious girl from season one with the uh, the powers. And I had forgotten until I did the rewatch that she, at the end of the, the last episode in season one, that she was missing. I, I think they implied that she had died, but I, I didn't believe that. But she wasn't there anymore. So it was, she was still gone. They were kind of hinting that she was still around. But yet uh, we didn't really see that till later on in the season.
1: Well and it kind of hinted right at the end when he was leaving those those yeah. egos yeah. and uh, and so I think most people kind of guessed, oh, she's alive you know and and, uh, and she's there. I, I think the one thing for me that I always wanted answered is how he knew she was there. Yeah. she was still alive and it still didn't answer that right didn't even answer that in the new one and well, it kind of
0: did It talked about it how, did it? Well, in the sense that she was roaming around the woods. I think, was that season, or episode two or three? It was early on.
1: Yeah, it shows her roaming the woods, but how did he know to start putting their food there in the first place? Right.
0: Well, yeah.
1: That's what is always, like, I'm like, huh, you know what? He just started putting food in some log?
0: Yeah, I I think that was a jump. But I think when she attacked that guy with the hunter and knocked him out with the wood, you know, there's reports of this person roaming, roaming the woods and so he knew there was someone out there i think he suspected it was 11 but how did he know to okay i'm gonna put this food right here so she can go i think that was the jump i was like oh i don't know how that happened but okay it works
1: yeah yeah no um yeah i mean that was probably one of the unanswered questions for me that it's always kind of bothered me but um i mean like you were saying you know kind of you know comes Starts right where it left off, right? Leaves off. You know, you watch the end of the first one, jumps right into it. Uh, Will's dealing with his stuff. A um, couple new characters are brought in, which I loved. Yep. All right. I mean, uh, Sean Austin. Yep, He's in it. He did great. I mean, I at first I was like, oh, they're just throwing stars in there now. But no, good. Uh, Max. Yeah, she was uh, awesome. Mad Max, right? I think it's uh, Sadie Sink the, is the girl's name, yeah. uh, the actress's name. She did great, right? I mean, yeah. I I liked it. Uh, <laughs> and then her brother, Billy, he's uh, – I guess he's the new bully, right? The other bullies were kind of taken out by 11 yeah. the kid bullies. But now it's uh, an older bully, Billy. So it's uh, – Yeah, uh, the one thing good. I liked
0: about the, the characters they added – you know with sean astin and um and those guys is they and a lot of the like winona Ryder, those characters i mean those are 80s early 90s icons right and what better way to have a show in the 80s than to have the the actors that we grew up watching in the 80s and early 90s you know have them be stars in the in the show i thought that was a great move by the the directors and producers creators of the show uh so yeah um Sean Austin, the the two new kids, and there was there was someone else who was oh yeah Paul Reiser he was the doctor at the the facility there you know, he was a big oh, time star yeah. in the in eighties the he was in Aliens he was the bad guy in the a- Aliens movie so you know he's got some eighties cred so that was good to see him <clears throat> there okay and
1: um the other girl right uh, Roman Roman is that who it is? the number eight Zero zero eight. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. She's brought in. I guess she's another. You know, she was with uh, eleven inside the the facility, and it kind of goes into that storyline. And and I like that idea. And we talked about this before we started the show. I like the idea. Like I'm like, hey, this could. This has a lot of potential. I feel like they really flubbed it. Uh, yeah. Episode seven, everyone's talking about it. You, you you get on Facebook, you see people talking about episode seven. That's going to be the episode. that is the most referenced, hated episode of all of it. And I, I just feel like they flubbed it.
0: Yeah, they didn't go anywhere with it. Like they they had Eleven learn a lesson in that episode that was important and she needed to learn to be able to, you know, at the end of the, the season, be able to overcome the evil that that was threatening them. But it didn't need to be a whole episode. I thought that kind of drug out a little too much just for that. If they would have done more with that group of people or with, you know, number eight, if they if she would have came back with 11 or, you know, something instead of just how it ended, I think it would be more satisfying. But it kind of seems like a wasted opportunity. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, it did. And I just, I don't know. It almost seems like it could have been just something added in as the story went, right? Yeah. Because she wasn't really doing anything anyway, and and then all of a sudden they just cram it into one episode and it's like she travels to Chicago and back and and almost kills a guy, et cetera, et cetera, in one night. Yeah. And then she goes back home, you know, and it's just it was really ru- it seemed like really Russian force. It's like they wanted to do something with it, but when they got there they realized it's gonna take too much time. Let's just cut it and and Throw this together, yeah,
0: yeah, so anyway, uh, back to the first episode it's even called Mad Max, and we get to see uh, the the kids the boys playing at the local arcade and they find out that someone's in favorite games and that person's name is Mad Max, and so they kind of try and figure out who this person is this max person is, and they see that there's this new girl shows up in their class the next day and um, her name is Max, Maxine, and so they're called. Like, oh, that's Mad Max, and so they kind of stalk her and watch her and see what she's like. And she picks up on it, and it's it's kind of a a fun dynamic between this new person, this new character, and the old group, and how they react to her. That was pretty entertaining to watch that um in the play out in the first episode. And so they're you know they're trying to befriend her. She's a little standoffish. She's from California, so she you know she has to move to Hick Town. Indiana and so she's not too pleased about that and but yet she is able to start to build a bond with the boys in in that first episode and they invite her to go trick-or-treating with them um so they you know they try to befriend her at least and then we get to see her brother who is (laughs) when I was watching this with my daughter I was like okay that dude is a perfect stereotype of high school uh (laughs) <laughs> male high school adolescence in 1980s he had the mullet <laughs> hair he drove around in his, trans yeah. his <laughs> listened to the heavy metal and he just thought he was you know god's gift to women type thing so very accurate stereotype it, i got a kick out of watching him because i wasn't that dude in high school but i knew a lot of guys and i had some friends who were that that type of guy so it was it was pretty funny to watch but he's kind of a jerk to to max uh, we learn later that their step-siblings and their parents uh, married recently. So they're kind of a blended family. He doesn't really care for her. He's he's really rude to her and kind of mean to her. So, and then we see him. Halloween comes and we see the the boys dress up as Ghostbusters. And that was a, a fun throwback to, to the 80s as well. They show up to their, their school. They're the only ones dressed up in Halloween costumes. And apparently they didn't <laughs> get the memo or the the vibe that, you know, teenagers don't dress up for, for school anymore for Halloween. So that was funny.
1: Yeah, no, that, that was pretty classic. They're just walking around, everyone's staring at him like, what the heck?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was good. And then in these first two episodes, we kind of see some hints that Will still is able to see or access the upside down. He's, you know, transported there and he sees this shadowy creature that's chasing him and wants to capture him so he runs and hides a couple times but he never is and so he tells he tells Mike about it and they kind of uh, I don't know if it's a secret but they don't really tell anybody immediately and so one thing that you kind of see in this second season that in comparison to the first season is the first season they one of the themes was you know friends don't lie you know they're best friends they tell each other everything they're there for each other all that stuff but in this one you start to see the group splinter off and keep secrets from each other and hide things from each other and so it's kind of a an upside down season in of in and of itself in large in how it relates to uh you know friends don't lie that's the complete opposite of what the first season was so they go trick-or-treating um will has a camera a video camera with a vhs cassette you know all that old school 80s technology with walkmans and video cameras is, is prevalent, And so that's kind of fun to watch. And he has that vision. And then, um, well, and this is
1: really for me where it got going, right? This was like episode three at this point. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, um, and I actually like that. Like the, in the first season, it seemed like everything just started right with, with, uh, was it will went and disappeared, disappeared. Right. Yeah. And, uh, it just started going right from the beginning. And this one, it, it takes a little bit to get going, right? I mean, you see some flashbacks as well, but we already knew that was going to happen, yeah. you know, so it didn't really change anything. But for me, this is where it got going. This is where it got interesting. And the first two episodes are really like catching you up with the story, uh, bringing in some new characters, getting getting us a little bit more connected to the characters, and I could appreciate that because then I, you know, it wasn't so rushed for me. It wasn't so here's a character. You should feel bad when they might die.
0: Yeah. Good
1: luck, you know, and, and and so I liked it. And, uh, you know, he's standing under there. He, you know, he goes to that shadow world and, and you see this big. I don't even know how to explain it like a like a praying mantis or a spider or whatever it was shadow in the background. I mean, they never even answered what that was. Right. It was just. You don't know what the bad guy is. You just know it's some big bad a something, and uh, um, you know he sees it in the background. And then it's like all of a sudden the movie gets going. And even um, even some of the characters uh, kind of said that too. They said, you know, right about then, uh, who is it? F- Finn, who plays Mike.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, he, uh, if you watched. Through the whole, you know, season two, they do kind of like a, an after thing, you know, where they talk about it. And he said it took about to that episode two for him to re- – his character to really get going.
0: Yeah.
1: And, uh, you know, so really that's the moment where the show just kicks into gear and it gets, you know, just like the last one. You're, you know, something's always happening. It's amazing. You're scared. You, you know, whatever it is, it, it's just a – you know, that's where it gets going. And um, – you know, we get to see Will, um, kind of fight his demons, right? Yeah. You know, try to figure it out and kind of scared to tell people like, you know, not everybody knows it's not common knowledge. Kind of like what Justin was saying, that they're keeping more secrets from each other. I mean, I blame, I blame Max girls do this to guys every time. Right. Uh, everyone will tell you that, but you know, they start lying to each other. So not everybody knows. And, uh, you know, you, you start to see him try to, to do it by himself and he just can't. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so it just kind of goes from there and, um, you know, we, we, we get to see, oh, there's just so much story. It's hard to know what to talk about, you know, yeah. it's like, like jumping everywhere.
0: Yeah. Well, the next thing that comes up is we see the... It's the episode called The Pollywog, and that's when you get the the slug-like thing that uh, Dustin finds in his trash can, and he takes it on as a pet because it's this cute little frog-like thing that he adores. So he starts feeding it Three Musketeers, and I do want to say that uh, the the product placement of the Three Musketeers, the the head and shoulder shampoo, you know, all that stuff with the labels, spot on from the 80s. So it's not a... (laughs) You get the sense that the show was filmed in the 80s, not necessarily, oh, we're going to remind you of the 80s in our show. It's like legit 80s stuff. So that was that was fun to see, you know, just the products in the background, that's the cars and the houses and the technology, everything was pretty legit. But so uh, Dustin gets this new pet, everyone, he shows it to the group and they don't agree with him keeping it because they're like, it's, it's from the upside down you know, monsters are from the upside down. We need to get rid of it. We need to kill it. But he, well,
1: and it was the same thing that will threw up, yeah. right? At the end of season one, it's, it's whatever that is. That's what, that's what he kept.
0: Yeah. So, you know, it's, you know, it bodes, uh, it doesn't bode well for them if they keep it, but he does. So, um, he, he lies to his friends about that. You know, they, it gets it kind of grows arms and legs as as the show goes on and starts to grow and become a little more uh, menacing and so they want to get rid of it they want to kill it and he hides it he hides it in his room and one day he comes home and it's eating his cat <laughs> and he realizes hey i better get rid of this thing
1: M- muse is that yeah. the name muse, muse. Yeah. <laughs> his mom's like freaking out about it yeah
0: so that was that was kind of funny, but uh, sad at the same time, so you start to get this sense that oh, this creature is bad news, but it 's a little too late and so uh, Dustin tries to to capture it, hides it in his basement, While well, he goes to try and find his friends, but he can 't find them because they 're all doing different things. Lucas is trying to get in with the new girl, Max, he wants to be friends with her and there's a little uh, rivalry between Dustin and Lucas with with max they both like her they're both competing for her time and attention so Luke is is, is, you know making his moves with with max and will has gone to or no sorry um mike has gone to will's house to support him and with his you know their secret that they have where you know will is seeing this shadow monster so mike's there to support him and so uh dustin doesn't have anybody else to turn to he's looking for his friends and he ends up hooking up with um the the hair guy, Steve. And I thought that was a good addition, um, to the story that, you know, Steve and, and Dustin kind of start hanging out and Steve, you know, Dustin's probably the most socially awkward of the group. And Steve's the, the high school senior, Mr. Popular. So he kind of takes him under his wing and tells him how to wash his hair and style it.
1: (laughs) Does it like makes that Wookie growl or something like that? Whatever he does. Yeah. oh man you you were probably i could see like dustin when you were a kid
0: no i was more like uh lucas suave (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh okay so we're um so he hooks up with steve to get him to help him track down or get the the pollywog out of his his basement and they go there but it's escaped it's dug through the the ground and escaped into who knows where and so then Dustin tells Steve, Kana, you know, hey, this is what happened. We think it's going to, it's growing into a demo. Demo dog? Yeah, they call them demo dogs because they kind of look like dogs. You know,
1: like a demigorgon and a dog yeah. mixed
0: and you, you mesh them together. And that was kind of a running joke throughout the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> he kept calling, Dustin was saying, no, they're demo dogs. And they're like, what? <laughs> <A> Demogorgon? <laughs> Why and is a that dog? important? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like. Good stuff. Sorry, you got to watch it. Just yeah. freaking watch it, okay? <laughs> so yeah, so they start, you know, trying to track him down and and find him again. Uh, and but then that's you know that's another secret that Dustin has. He doesn't tell his friends because they thought that he didn't know where the monster was and that. But yeah, he's hiding it in his basement. So um, and then the next episode, we we get into how Will, you know, the, he's still seeing the shadow monster, the upside down. But in this episode, that he tries to, to stand up to it. And I think, yeah, it was a previous episode where Bob, uh, Sean Astin's character, him and, uh, Winona Ryder's character, Joyce are, they're in a relationship, boyfriend, girlfriend. And so Bob's hanging around Will's house a lot and kind of trying to be a father figure to him. And he gives him a ride to school and Bob tells Will, Hey, you know, I used to have nightmares about clowns and, um, finally I just in my dream I stood up to him and told him to go away and I haven't had a nightmare about clowns since and so Will tries that and it doesn't work for him and the, the shadow monster basically uh, takes possession of Will in a sense that he's inside of they become symbiote they have a symbiont relationship and the shadow monster uses Will to you know enact his master plan of escaping from the upside down to be able to unleash his his minions on the town uh see and then we see more about 11 in these in these episodes why don't you talk a little bit about 11 and where she's at
1: um so 11 you find out she's staying at um you know she's been eating food and then you find out that uh the the cop what's his name the yeah hopper you know, ends up picking her up and, and keeps keeps her at his house. Uh, she's not allowed to go out, and, and this causes problems as is, right? I mean, you have a – however old they are, little kid, sitting in a room, you know, in this – by themselves all day long. And, you know, she's just sitting there, and he keeps telling her, you know, we'll be able to go out. She really wants to see the guys, you know, um, mostly – was it Mike? Yeah. I yeah, wants to see Mike, you know, her, her long lost love from the first first season. And, um, you know, you kind of see her start going through some things. You know, you kind of see her struggling with staying inside, struggling with who she is and, and what she stands for, not really knows how to act. And, and you kind of see the things she's lacking. Uh, you know, she doesn't know certain words and Hopper's not around a lot. And, and uh, you know, so she's stuck at his house and – um you kind of watch her uh, start being a little defiant, if that's the right word. Yeah,
0: definitely.
1: <laughs> and, uh, you know, kind of fighting back against it. And and you kind of see where her, you know, how naive she actually is to the world, you know. Um, at one point, she calls Hopper a liar, you know, because um, – he had said that it'll be soon that she can go out and she had counted the number of times she said soon and called him a liar. And, um, you know, you can kind of start to see her anger show through on how her, uh, and how she uses her abilities and, um, and the more angry she gets, you know, that her abilities kind of come out, you know, manifest a lot stronger. And, uh, so you watch her do that. And then, as the series progresses, she finally sneaks out. Yeah. And uh, um, the first time she sneaks out, uh, I don't remember even what episode it is, but she's had enough. She is gonna go see Mike. She sneaks out, and uh, a mom and her daughter see her, and she just goes on and goes to school. and And this kind of broke my heart a little bit, right? So she wants to see Mike. She's really, really want to see Mike. And then, and Mike, the whole time is he's just heartbroken as well. Wants to see. 11. And, you know, he never gave up on her throughout the show. You see him all the time getting on his radio saying, you know, I'm here, I'm still waiting for you, you know, just hoping she's out there. And 11 shows up at the school and uh, happens to show up kind of like that wrong moment, you know, and, yeah. and Mike, who oh, the whole time has just been just brooding, right? It just has not been personal to anybody. And uh, you see him, have this fun moment with max and it wasn't a romantic moment but when she saw that it sure looked like that and it you it really kind of hurt her right kind of yeah. pissed her off and and she ends up throwing max off the skateboard <laughs> and you know in a jealous rage it, and and mike knew he knew i think he, yeah, he, he knew. All, like it was confirmed even though he hadn't seen her he knew she was there and um it really uh, kind of changed his character from there, and it kind of changed her character from there. Um, and then from there, we we see her track down her mom, and and we didn't really see her mom a whole lot in that in season one. Just for a second, Hopper and Winona Ryder's character track her down, and we find out that you know she believed all this stuff happened, and everyone thinks she's crazy, and now she is crazy. Uh, so she tracks down her mom and. And uh, and feels like she kind of has a calling to her, right? Like she yeah. goes in that uh, dream world or whatever and sees her. So she goes there and, and uh, runs into the aunt. And the aunt, uh, Becky, I think is her name, yeah. Like is, is totally uh, um, apologetic because she never believed her sister. She just thought she was crazy. Yeah,
0: and her sister and, was saying that she had a baby and the government took the baby and... But the official report was that the baby died at birth. So there were, never was. But yet the mother was the only one that believed that Eleven was actually her her daughter. So,
1: hmm Yeah. And, I mean, and that sounds crazy as is, right? If someone's telling you that, I mean, it's, what are you talking about? So, um, you know, so she shows up there and we, and this is kind of episode, I think, five, six, seven, somewhere right in there. Yeah. And this is kind of where... I think eleven story gets really strange for me because you get this whole storyline that that just didn't work and so she goes there sees her mom and realizes she can't help her but she gets this kind of half-baked message that she should be looking for Roman which is another girl who is inside who is n- number
0: 8
1: yeah. he's 008 and I was really excited about this. This is the part we were talking about. I was really excited about this, and so she leaves. She takes off on Becky because Becky made a call to you know some cops or something, and trying to get a hold of Hopper. So she takes off. She's gonna go find Roman, and she shows up, finds Roman, who's you know has different powers. Uh, she can make. She kind of uh, makes people hallucinate. I guess that's the closest yeah. thing, right? Yeah. And um, and this Roman's kind of crazy, right? She's like talking about, let's go kill these people that did this to us. And I'm insane. And you can see, you can see 11 struggle with that. And, uh,
0: um, well, she's trying to balance, Hey, there's someone here like me, you know, we're mm -hmm. we're kindred spirits. We're sisters. I think that was the episode of the sister or the one of the, yeah, it was the lost sister. Mm -hmm. So she wants this connection, but yet this sister is doing things that she knows is wrong. And, Shouldn't be doing so. She's trying to balance that and trying to figure out: Is this right? Is this the right thing to do? Because yeah, they did bad things to us. We should go kill them or you know make them suffer too. Type thing.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I mean, and and then you see it. You know. I mean. So in the show, uh, Roman tries to you know kind of show her how powerfully she is. You know how strong she is. Kind of unlock the untapped power type thing. And uh, and she teach and and she really does her wrong right teaches her how to use her to use her anger to make her stronger and every movie we've seen from uh every movie that you've seen professor x has said this right (laughs) from x-men anger only takes you so far it's a serenity that takes you further you know i mean we've seen this in in that horrible movie star wars where anakin becomes darth vader because he uses his anger but that's all right. We don't worry about that. And she's going to use her anger to become stronger and this was kind of a killer for me like not a killer cuz I didn't like it but cuz you know where that goes.
0: Yeah.
1: You know that when you start using, you know, a character starts using their power and anger, you know, that it's kind of like the pathway to hells page with good intentions type thing, you know. You're just going to see some bad things go on and she she teaches her how to, you know, manifest, you know, her power stronger with
0: anger. Yeah, and I, uh, think, I think Roman, you know, so eleven's looking at her like, "Hey, this is this is my friend. This is my sister." And Roman's looking at her like, "Hey, I can use this person to get what I want." You know, so they're in two different places, even though they had similar experiences. You know, this number eight has, you know, she's gone off the deep end, and she wants to drag eleven with her so they like can accomplish her goals. I think that's, uh, Eleven finally realizes that, and that's when she leaves.
1: Yeah, and, and I kept wondering if we'd see her again, right? Because, yeah. Roman, you could tell after she leaves, uh, you know, so finally Eleven leaves her. She's like, okay, I'm out. You know, I, I've got to go help my friends, and, you know, you know. She, basically she decides I'm going to be a hero. Yeah. I'm not going to be the bad guy in my story. Yeah. And so she leaves her, and at the end you kind of see Roman kind of like, cry a little bit right and she's yeah. you know like almost remorseful and i kept wondering if i would see roman again yeah if she would have and showed up she, at the
0: end i wouldn't have been surprised
1: yeah and I, that would have been cool you know because yeah. you know to fight all the demi demo demodogs, dogs
0: yeah whatever they're called um but it's a demo gordon gorgon and a dog
1: meshed together yeah i know <laughs> Horrible. (laughs) Why is that important? So anyways, um, (laughs) so the story kind of advances and we find out that Will um, is being controlled by the mind flayer, right? That's what they call it.
0: Which is a great name, by the
1: way. It's a great name. You know, this whole show, it's total 80s, right? Because it bases all these names off of D&D, which was the 80s game of the century. Um, Justin played it, I know he was pretty good I didn't play it that much because I'm not that big of a nerd But it was, you know I think that's
0: not how it was
1: <laughs> Okay, I played it a lot <laughs> And Justin has no idea what it is I wanted so, to play
0: it, but I didn't have anybody to play with There were like two of us <laughs> that like D&D And everyone else wasn't interested So. Yeah If
1: you haven't played the game, look it up It's amazing, play it But uh, so they they call the bad guy whatever it is we don't know what it is I don't know what it is but whatever it is they call it the mind flayer it's kind of the the brains behind it um, we kind we come to find out that the the mind flayer is controlling Will and and what happens is Will totally betrays those guys right like he's like oh yeah go go to this spot in the the upside down and you'll find out what's going on and so all these guys show up there and they just get slaughtered yeah yeah by like 20 demo demidog- I don't know what the demogorgons with dogs combined they just get slaughtered and um demodogs demodogs and then we see uh you know the demodogs start coming after them
0: yeah.
1: yeah and they realize Mike realizes that they're being spied on through will and that was one of the concerns they first had and uh, this is where it really picks up, right? Yeah, the story yeah. starts seeing, you know, they, they knock him out with some medicine and run off because they know that they can, you know, find out what's going on. Um, I, there's just so much, right? It's just hard to, to like make it simplistic. But, uh, you know, in the, in the case of time, basically what happens is they run away and they have to try to talk to Will, you know, try to find find him in there and figure it out, and they and they finally find a way to talk to him, like kind of his, uh, um, I don't know, they like made, like they were talking to him, but he was talking to him like in the background kind of thing. He was doing the Morse code at him. Yeah, yeah.
0: So he had so he to had... talk to the. They had to talk to Will, but the <laughs> the mind flare was there as well, so they couldn't come up with a plan because the mind flayer would know about it and then he'd tell the demodogs and they would you know chase the chase them down so he had to talk to them but at the same time tap his finger with morse code so they'd get get the mess the real message and so it was pretty smart on will's part but yeah this this is when this the story really picked up and i think so that was like chapter six or episode six is when it really started to pick up, and then all of a sudden we transition to the the sister episode and I think that is why it's so it stands out so um, so bad that it you know you finally get going with the story and then you jump to this other storyline that 's not that interesting and then it goes back to the the awesome story so it 's kind of on a, on an island and that 's why it stands out so much but you know at that point the story really gets going you got the dogs chasing down people you got the boys you know Lucas, Dustin, Steve and and Mad Max they're trying to trap one of them so they lay a trail of meat to the to this uh yard where they have broken down cars and this bus that you know is from the the first season and so they they get the the one dog uh, dart to to eat the food and get to there and then they were going to capture him Probably kill him. I think they were going to burn him alive. But then you find out there's like 20 other demo dogs as well. And so there's this big fight scene where, you know, they have to hide in the bus and the dogs are trying to get in the bus and everyone's screaming and trying to do something. And then all of a sudden the dogs leave. And we find out that they're, that's when they're going back to the facility to um, attack those guys that will set up. So you kind of got. You know, to see that there's, you know, a lot more danger than just one Demogorgon. There's like, you know, 30 Demodogs ro- roaming around the, the forests trying to get
1: them. Well, and they are like, they are really mini Demogorgons, right, from Yeah. the first one. They're just not all the way evolved, yeah. whatever, whatever it is. That's the impression I got. Yeah. And, uh, and there's just a ton of them, right? In the first one, we just dealt with one, but now there's... You don't even know how many they are. I don't think it ever says. Right. But uh, they're just everywhere. And um, and then I, I, I like what you said there, though. Like that transition between what was going on to all of a sudden the seventh episode just didn't didn't translate well.
0: Yeah, maybe if they would have done it earlier in the series or done it differently, so it doesn't you know create this break, this noticeable break of awesomeness. Eh, kind of story back to awesomeness
1: well because the whole movie the whole show it kind of shows like this person's doing this and at the same time this person's doing this yeah and then number seven episode was like a complete episode about her taking a like at the same time everything else is going on but you don't get that feeling yeah. right because it it's its own episode yeah so needs to say so um 11 decides to come back and she comes back in the freaking nick of time, <laughs> yeah. right? So Will wakes up from his, you know, they they wake him up to talk to him. And while while they're doing it, the phone rings. And if you guys have seen the first episode, the first season, you know, at the at Will's house, when the phone rings, that's always you know he's trying to call. He's calling from the um, the upside down, but the phone rings and he knows where he's at. And they knock him out again, and they're like freaked out crap, you know, and you can hear the dogs coming, and you can see him outside. And next thing you know, the dog gets thrown in through the window, and it's freaking dead, and they're like, you know, everyone's just looking. She's like, what the heck? What's going on? And the door opens up, and it's like the hero moment, right? Eleven is here. And I really like that part. That was one of the the better parts, you know, I was excited about. Yeah, it's like she comes in, and – um, Mike you know he's like so happy he goes over there looks like he's gonna cry and uh, she looks like she's gonna cry and it's just it's a great show and she's back Yep. and um, and so then we move on to the final episode and you know they kind of decide what do we need to do here we've got to win and so Eleven decides hey I'm I need to go to the source I need to shut you know close the gate and uh, and they kind of knew that they—that's what they need to do because that's what Will had told them when he was doing the Morris code. Is close gate.
0: Yeah.
1: So she—you know—she's like, "Take me there. I'm going to close the gate." Mike's freaking out because it's too dangerous, and you know he's mad at Hopper, and he's twelve years old, and whatever. You know, he's just a freak kind of. So they leave to do that. Uh, they send um, Wynona Rider. I don't ever remember her name, and her son. And her two sons to Hopper's little cabin, uh, they decide that they're going to turn the heat up on the whatever's inside of him and force it out, right? And uh, he doesn't like heat, so they're going to just heat him out, I guess. I, I don't know. It's kind of, does, that, does that sound
0: about right? They're going to heat yeah. him out. <laughs> the heat, was, so. heat and fire is kind of what killed the the things, the creatures from the Upside Down, um, you see it with the demo dogs and the vines that are kind of grabbing people. Is when they burned them, they would die. They would you know, um, try to shy away from the flames and the heat. So they used the heat, they closed all the windows and brought in a bunch of heaters, turned on the fireplace for Will, and got it to a point where it was like super hot and he couldn't stand it, the, the creature couldn't stand it. So the creature finally you know, left Will and escaped outside.
1: Mm-hmm. And so while that's going on, Eleven goes to close this gate, right? And they get there, and um, they find the other doc- the doctor, the new doctor guy. He's kind of half-eaten, but he's alive. And they see, see him and kind of save him and move on. And she is going to close this gate. And this part was kind of um, pretty intense, right? Yeah. Because... Uh, you get the demi dogs; they're coming to try to to catch him. Uh, you got another group, you know, trying to distract the demo dogs, but they could only do it for so long. And um, and she gets there, and this is kind of where you see. The anger makes some sense, right? Like she kind of learned something. She knows she's more powerful, so she kinda harnesses her anger to close this gate. And at the same time, these damn dogs are climbing up the walls, hoppers trying to shoot him and kill him. And uh, you know, you can't kill him fast enough, he's running out of bullets, and uh, you know, she's screaming to try to to close this gate, and you can see in the background of this gate the monster, whatever it is, he's there, you know, he wants to come in. And, uh, you know, and her nose is, you know, but she's bleeding out of both sides. Both she's nostrils. screaming in both nostrils and it's a two nostril bleeding. We know it's serious. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so she's screaming and, and dogs are attacking and dying. And,
0: and next thing you know, boom, she closes the gate. Gate's closed and all the dogs died. They, there were still a few more that were trying to attack them, climbing up on the walls and they all you know in, instantly died and fell but
1: why do you think they died i, I like, didn't
0: understand that i think cuz they're creatures of the upside down and they were you know the energy or whatever was coming from the gate and so once that connection was severed their i would say their life force or their connection to the upside down what makes them strong um was was cut that cord was cut so they were they weren't unable to to do anything because they were creatures from the upside down okay that was my take on it
1: okay yeah no that makes sense so they all die and and you know then it's like happily ever after (laughs) right we go to a you know they get at a dance and it's a month later uh, yeah it's like a month later and they have the school dance and you know 11 shows up with mike and they're smooching uh, Lucas is smooching with Max. Yeah. Poor Dustin smooching with nobody, but he's dancing with what's her name's older sister, Nancy. Nancy, yeah, and uh, it, you know it looks like it's a happy ending until until <laughs> next time. Join us, and we'll tell you. No, I'm just kidding. So, but no, the until then, we see you know the the screen kind of flips upside down, which was I thought that was pretty. Yeah, pretty was, cool.
0: They did that a couple times and that was really cool.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and then you see this shadow monster in the upside down standing right over the school. It knows right where they're at.
0: Yeah. He's waiting for his chance to, to get back out and get him. Mm-hmm. That was pretty ominous. So, I mean, and, and that's, that is a really rough. Yeah.
1: There's so much. Talk depth. The movie. Cause yeah, I mean, nine episodes into an hour, just is, is too much. Right, yeah. there's a lot, and we'll talk more about it you know in in other episodes, but it it was good. and I got asked by a friend of mine, you know uh, about it, and I, I told him, you know I gave it a nine out of ten, and then he asked me, how did it compare against the first one? And what I told him was this in ways it was better and ways it was worse yeah. and the way the reason I said that is the ways it is it's better. Is because um, of, I, I like that you could get better in depth storylines out of it. You have more time to tell a story. I said it was worse because you have more chances to make mistakes now. Uh, after the extremely successful first season, uh, that was, it was if something new, it was, you know, like they had that new factor and stuff. You don't have the new factor anymore. So you can't ride those, you know, those you can't ride that wave. And, uh, you know, you run into the risk of saying the same old jokes. You run into the risk of bringing in characters people don't like or getting rid of characters people really liked, you know, Um, and and that can you can see that make or break a show. And and one of the things we saw that with is with the storyline in in episode seven. You know, and and I think that really was a negative for the show. So it had some great positives, had some great negatives. Uh, but I did tell him look, if you didn't like the first one, the second one's not gonna make you like it. Yeah. It's, it's not. And and I told that to him because him and his his wife, they weren't really fans. They're like, Oh, you know, it was all right, it it wasn't like amazing. So I told him, Look, it's not going to change your mind about it it's the same story it's it's just going on and it's going further but i mean i gave it nine out of ten i i gave it a, a, you know a b plus a minus um right there and and i'm i know i'm being a little hard on it but i mean being a little hard on it because this isn't the first season this is the second season and um
0: that's kind of like what we were talking earlier with the Marvel stuff. I mean, you can be critical, you can disagree with certain things, but you can still love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
1: You're and and, and I loved honest. it. Yeah, I mean, I'll see it again, but, I mean, I don't think it deserves, and I'm really, you know, more B-plus than A-minus, but it, it, it really was a good, a great watch. Yeah. I mean, my, my wife watched it, and she, and she liked it, and she is not, she is not into the nerdy. Yes. she uh, <laughs> she makes fun of me folks so that's that's <laughs> kind of that's what she does but she she liked the first episode and uh and then i just kept watching and and she went to sleep like at 1 a.m and I, I called it week and watched till like 5 a.m yeah
0: <laughs> yeah i would agree there's a lot of things that i liked and there were some things that i didn't and the things i didn't like it wasn't because they were bad it's just i don't it's just um different i guess or I don't know so the things that i i didn't i did like and they're kind of two sides of the same coin things i really liked was the introduction of mad max i thought she was a great addition to the group even though she wasn't really officially part of the group till towards the end i liked uh, sean astin's character bob i thought he did great i always thought he was going to be like some spy that he was gonna be. I did too. A government I was plant. like, oh, he's
1: he's working for him, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. And then, and then there was the episode called the Spy, and I was like, okay, this is the episode where he comes out, and he's like, okay, guys, I'm really, you know, with the CIA or whatever. And He really wasn't that nice. He was just pretending to be nice. <laughs> so, but then he, you know, he died. So yeah, it yeah. Be he, case. he he. That poor... He got eaten by the Demi-Dogs, man. Like, all of them. Yeah. So... But he saved everyone. He had his hero moment, so that was kind of cool. Goonies so. do die. So I liked uh, the introduction. I thought all the new characters were great. Even the the punk teenager, he, he just made me laugh because I was like, yep. I used to ride around with that dude in high school. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know exactly who that guy is. And it wasn't a bad thing. It was just... It was very nostalgic, so that was kind of cool. Um... And then the, the things so the opposite side of that coin the things I didn't like was in the first season the, all the the boys were together they were going on adventures together they were solving the mystery together right they and this one they they kind of split up but yet at the same time Dustin you know relying Dustin's the Dustin and Steve team up. I thought it was fantastic. I thought that was a great move. And then Lucas teaming up with Mad Max, another great move. So I kinda have conflicted feelings where oh that sucked that they weren't together. And they they were in the first what, two episodes and then they started to go their own ways. Mm-hmm. And I I think you kind of see that in a lot of second uh parters. Like the second the sequel. You know, the first one they're all they're all together, they're solving the the mystery or whatever it is. And the second one, they start to go their own ways and develop their own personalities. So I kind of, after a while, after I was disappointed in that, but yet they still developed a great storyline, still had great character development. I, I bought into, okay, Dustin and Steve together, they're going to help each other. You know, Dustin looked up to Steve, Steve, you know, helped him out with you know, saving his life a couple of times and, you know, things like that. So overall it was great. But I still had that kind of like, oh, I wish they would have, you know, been able to go on this journey together. So, you know, it's things like that. I don't think I, the quality of the show, the directing, the editing, the, you know, the story, I think outside of that, you know, episode, episode seven story, which had great potential. And you know, I was kind of curious as to where it went. But when it ended, it was like, okay, that was disappointing. And I guess they could still redeem themselves. Like if season three, you know, this, Number eight shows up and she's, you know, her characters change and she helps them. The group, you know, maybe that's what it is. It's they're planting seeds for the next step know, the next season. So we'll see.
1: What makes you wonder, too, if they'll bring back more. Yeah. Right.
0: Eight, eleven is
1: what happened to one, two, three. You know what I mean? Like, are are they going to bring them in? Are they going to explain those off? Yeah. Um, I, I think for the third season, I think the one mistake that they can make that will ruin it for me is to make will be the carrier of whatever's going yeah. on.
0: Yeah. I agree with that. Cause towards the end I was like, well, how much crap does will have to go through? And is that going to happen in the next season?
1: Right. Cause that gets old quick. You're like, yeah. okay. I mean, that's like the character that gets kidnapped 10 times in the movie. You're like, okay, just write her off. Like I'm done saving her kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I would, and so there's two things. There's that whole thing. You know, the story gets repetitive. Then for the character, it's like, how many, how much crap does he have to go through till he just, you know, goes crazy and (laughs) goes to the insane asylum, right? Right. how How much real stuff can he go through for it to be realistic? And so, yeah, I think they need to avoid that in upcoming seasons. It's like, you know, Hey, Will needs to, I don't know if toughen up's the right word, but he needs to be able to overcome all these things and not be the victim anymore.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, because you can only be a victim so long until it just – it outplays itself for one, and two, it just becomes
0: yeah,
1: just, you know, like unbelievable or something. You know, like you said, it's just like, you know, okay, I mean, no one's going to go through that much and then just take it. Yeah. You know, so I think the next one I think needs to – I think more focus on the battle between whatever Eleven can do. And whatever this new upside-down creature is.
0: Yeah. And I thought... I think that was part of what I didn't like, is how Eleven was kind of relegated to a a background character. I mean, she was always... She had her own journey and stuff, but she was never involved in the, the meat of the episode until the last, what, two episodes, episode and a half. So I felt like she was underused in this season. She had her own journey, which I think is important, but it was always... Oh, yeah, by the way, Eleven, she's doing this. Well, it just seems
1: like, yeah, like you said, it's almost like, you know, oh, riddle me this. If I would have just uh, told Eleven to come in the first place, she could have closed the gate and and that would have been that.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, so, and I get, you know, oh, but it's a TV show and the story has to play out. And I understand that, but it still has to make relative sense. Like, people can't be so oblivious and stupid that it's just, you know what I mean? Like, it, it gets... I don't know that's the way you ruin shows right like it's just too too silly to make any sense kind of thing and um, yeah so so like you said I, I I think she was really underutilized and and if you were gonna underutilize it her like that that's fine but have it like I don't know make more sense or have it to uh, you know maybe she's across the country or something like that so she's trying to get there as fast as she can you know not that she's stuck in some cabin. From the cop, and the okay. cop knows what they're dealing with, but he's not going to bring her in. Yeah,
0: because so she's not just a couple miles away. Yeah,
1: because it would—it's almost like, oh crap! Look, this is like when he—he he went underneath and he got caught by all that stuff, right? And he almost died. Uh huh. First thing I would have done has been like, oh hey eleven, guess what?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know I need your help. Instead yeah, he's like, no, stay at home and uh, I'll take care of this.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was a little unreasonable. Um, I did so I thought. Because she was the most interesting character in the first season and kind of the core story of the first season. But yet in this one, she was not. And that was... I didn't like that. Um, And then also the Steve, Nancy, and Jonathan story. I thought that was good. I mean, I I never really bought that those two would blast. Like, I get why they hooked up in the first season because, you know, he's the, the older popular kid and she's the the hot underclassmen. And so when they kind of broke up, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. And then, you know, she started hanging out with Jonathan. So I, I kind of liked that whole dynamic and how Steve kind of had to move on. And he did, he, you know, he really cares for Nancy and was willing to, you know, let her be happy. I, I liked that. And I did appreciate the, the conflict between Steve and the new kid. Um, I don't remember what his name was. Do you, the, Kid, the dude from California. Oh, Bill. Is it Billy? I think it's Billy. Okay. So between Steve and him, and how they—I really enjoyed that. How they were kind of, you know, they played ball against each other, and they were talking trash, and they were in the shower together. <laughs> that part was hilarious, because <laughs> I don't know how showers are in high school now, but that's that's 1980s high school showers, right? You got the well, pole it, with the, the six heads, and everybody just kind of standing there naked. Yeah, it was really awkward. that's
1: exactly how it was <laughs> when I was in high school, too. And I was, in, you know, in the late 90s, early, you know, I graduated in 2001. So, okay. yeah, I mean, that's, exa- you know, and a lot of crap talking just like okay. that.
0: yeah so that was pretty realistic and then it was interesting how towards the end when the dad his dad comes home and like grabs him and bullies him you kind of like oh so that's why he's such a jerk and you kind of start to feel some some sympathy for him you know like here's this jerk character and you're like oh poor guy poor kid he's getting beat up by his dad at home all the time <laughs> no wonder he's a jerk so that was, that was a good move so I, th- I like i said these new characters were the fresh breath of air that you know the series it didn't need, but it benefited from definitely. So yeah, great character development. Um, yeah, I would give it a probably the same thing as you, a minus, B plus. More on the A minus side though for me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we can't all be fanboys, right? But uh, <laughs> no, it Only it really ones. was a, a a solid show through and through. You know, with with great obvious strengths and a few obvious weaknesses yeah you know and and uh i mean again like you said why no a writer may helps make this movie
0: yeah and the first uh, season uh she was pretty annoying it got old oh will 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 you know i guess a, a mother would act like that but it kind of got to the point where it's like okay stop crying about it and you know get to work find, trying to find him and this mm-hmm. this season she was a lot stronger Less whiny, which was great.
1: Yeah, yeah, no it uh, it was good, and and it just makes you wonder what what does season three have in store for us? Yeah, right. I mean, and and who knows, right? I mean, you know, there's going to be a season three, but there's no information, right? There's no release date or anything, but I mean. That's the problem with these these shows, right? I mean, with Netflix, it seems like like with other shows, you watch it over a five month period, and then you only have to wait, you know, five more months for the next one. This one, you watch it in two days, and now, and wait a year. Yeah, (laughs) you're gonna have to wait a year, and because the last one I think was over a year, you know, ago. So
0: I think it was pretty much the same time frame, October. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, but um no, it, great series. I mean, like we've really done a really rough rough draft
0: <laughs> Oh, you're right. You're right. Uh season 1 was July last year. Oh, wow. So, yeah, over a year.
1: So, yeah, there you go. So, I mean, if it goes on that same we're looking at 2019 so we yeah. see a season 3, yeah. but I don't think I don't think we'll see that long of a gap this time.
0: Yeah, I hope not. I mean, and technically, I mean, if they decide to just call it a day, I mean, it, it holds its own. I mean, Mm -hmm. they do have that teaser at the end, but it could just be, Hey, we defeated the bad guy and you're not getting in. So we're done, you know, Mm -hmm. or it could be a lead into, Hey, the bad guy's still out there. You got to still defeat him or whatever the case may be. So,
1: yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so there you go. That's our, uh, really rough review yeah. of the thing and i keep saying that because i mean we skipped over so much and we you know what i mean it was uh there's a lot watch it yeah watch it watch the first one watch the second one and then do it again just yeah. for fun <laughs> and uh it was good you know i mean um i don't see why certain people aren't fans um justin's wife my sister is not a fan Makes me a little sad, but uh, it it is what it is. But uh, you know, I think this is really a a show for everybody. Um, It's definitely a little on the creepy
0: side. Oh yeah, lots Uh, of jump moments.
1: A lot of jump moments. So if you get scared easy, don't be watching it by yourself in the dark. You know, but you know, whatever. Um, Get a group of people watch it. It's more fun with group of people. I'm telling you, it's it's good times.
0: Yeah. Yes, definitely watch it uh, like you said we'll, we'll be g- going back to it probably at least one more time maybe twice and just kind of rehashing our favorite moments or our favorite characters the show has a lot of depth and that's something I appreciate um, when you have a, a nine episode season you gotta make every minute count in your in your show and I think for the most part they did that so um, there's a lot, of, a lot of things to talk about we haven't even touched about Barb I mean she didn't have a, a huge storyline, but, you know, it wrapped up her her journey, gave, some, gave her some closure. Um, we didn't talk about um, the the doctor, uh, Paul Reiser's character that much. He had a, a pretty good impact, you know. So there's, there's still some things, you know, there's a lot of storylines that are there that we can definitely address in the future. So, um, yeah, like Mark said, go watch it. If you haven't seen it, it's worth it. All right, so we're at the two-hour marks. So I think we're going to wrap things up. <laughs> we did have some a couple of things that we'll, we'll push back to the next episode. We're, we're looking at talking about the Terminator movies. I think I said that in the, the teaser at the first. So that'll be pushed back to the next one um, with a new announcement of the next Terminator movie. Do you want to address that briefly, Mark? Do you have a yes. a pre- preview for the next episode?
1: uh james cameron after being part of the first and second one has confirmed he's gonna do a neck another one um comes out in 2019 there nobody knows what the plot is or anything but it is confirmed schwarzenegger and linda hamilton who plays sarah connor will be in it so that's all we know there's i mean there's more to talk about it i've got plenty to say about it but You know, just a quick teaser, and uh, we'll talk more about that uh, next week. Uh, for all you Terminator fans, I am a big Terminator fan, so I'm excited.
0: Yeah, I've enjoyed the series. Uh, I know uh, number three kind of got some a bad rap, but I thought it was it was entertaining. I mean, you got to see the the female Terminator, and um, also I liked the next one and the Genesis kind of. I don't know. I thought I enjoyed that one too. But I think the problem that people have with Terminator movies, and I want to see how James Cameron addresses this, is just with the time travel. You start getting different story writers, different directors, and they're all going to have their own take on the story, and they're all going to be jumping through time, and so it starts to get a little convoluted. I think that's been the really the biggest struggle with the Terminators is just the different, there's no consistent um, through storyline. It's always, it can, Each movie can be different than the, mm-hmm. than the last one. Well, and they did say, and we'll talk more
1: about this again, but they did say that James Cameron ha- has said he's going to ignore everything after two.
0: Okay. All right.
1: None of it happened. <laughs> he doesn't care what the other uh, well, other people did.
0: <laughs> well, it's franchise. I mean, he did one and two, right? Or did he yep. just do one? Uh, I think he did one and two. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah, no, he did do two. He did okay. do two. that's awesome. So, Yeah, I mean, it's his show. I mean, it's like if George Lucas came back and was like, All right, seven, eight, nine, yeah, we're not going to worry about that. Here's the real seven, eight, nine. <laughs> People would be <laughs> like, Oh, well, it's his franchise. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> so, right. but
1: we'll talk more about it um, next time. Yep. So,
0: and then we'll also talk Hobbit, the Hobbit movies, uh, the third one, Battle of the Five Armies, the extended version. So, if you're Uh, interested in that watch that it's uh, one of it's it's the best of the three Uh, the extended you gotta watch the extended edition has a lot of stuff that kind of rounds out the story a lot of awesome moments in that show so Uh, then we'll talk about some TV shows probably uh, Gotham The Tick Riverdale is what we're planning on right now so yeah we wanna thank you guys for for joining us on episode 10 of the Random Eggs podcast um please visit our sponsor audible.com uh, and get a free audiobook on us with if you go to audibletrial.com/randominkst, slash random angst, you'll get a free audible audiobook on us that you'll be able to, to use. You'll have to sign up for a 30 day free trial period, but you can cancel at any time and you still get to keep the free audio book. So I encourage you guys to go check that out. You can listen to some of the books that we talk about. Uh, Brandon Sanderson's Oathbringer comes out in a couple weeks and you can pre-order that and get that downloaded to your your device or your computer the day it's released so uh, go check that out audible trial.com slash random angst also check us out on our website random and on facebook facebook.com slash random angst and on Twitter at random angst uh, all our podcasts are being hosted at soundcloud.com and you can go there and Listen to our podcast there on the website. Leave comments, give suggestions. You know, interact us, interact with us there, as well as on iTunes. We're on iTunes at Random angst. Um We're the only podcast with that that name, so no, don't worry about getting confused on you know, is this them or is that them? You know, it's it's us, Random angst. Also, we're on Patreon.com/slash where you can donate a dollar. And it'll help improve our show, help us do branch out and do different things, more creative things as time goes on. So please join us on Patreon.com and buy me and Marcus Soda for a dollar is about it It comes out to. And then also we're on YouTube. We're starting to uh, look at producing video content and uh, providing uh, new exclusive content through YouTube only. So, check us out there, follow us, subscribe to our channel uh, at Random Angst. Help us out that way. So, we do appreciate uh, you guys and listening to our show and taking the time to uh, listen to us talk about the things that we like Stranger Things Season 2, Blade Runner, you know, all the different things that we've talked about. We really appreciate you tuning in and listening. And any last minute comments from you, Mark? You know, um,. Please uh, comment,
1: share, share our uh, um, our podcast, uh, get our name out there. You know, we want to do more. And the way we do more is, uh, you know, people are interested in it. Um, so, you know, give us feedback. Give us more. You know, if you'd like us to do something different, tell us, uh, you know, uh, listen to our, our Patreon Uh, stuff uh you know go to our links you know for those free books and stuff i I, I encourage you to do that Uh, not only is it beneficial uh to you as a fan it's beneficial to us too and 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 we appreciate that so uh but yeah we just like to thank you guys for listening we enjoy doing this and we hope you enjoy listening
0: yep so thanks again for joining us and we'll catch you next time thanks see you guys